The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Daf Today's daf is being studied the Le'ilun Ishmat Avraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied Le'ilun Ishmat David Ben Adel. Mr. Davy Mizrahi, we're learning the Shi'ud actually right before his funeral that is going to be today. Uh, Davy was a very uh, special, unique man in our community. He was a big Baal Tzedakah and a big Baal Chesed. He was loved by all the Hachamim and he went uh, far beyond the call of duty in his respect and honor of Torah. And of course he raised Baruch Hashem, a beautiful family. His children are all B'nai uh, Torah and uh, all uh, on the right path with Yerat Shamayim. And Baruch Hashem, we had a uh, personal relationship with him and he suffered at the end of his life, Yisurei Iyov, but he never lost his emunah and his faith. He had tremendous uh, emunah and Be'azat Hashem, Yehinish Matot Serura Besor Hayim. Amen. Today's daf is being studied Le'ilun Ishmat Moshe Ben Miriam Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen Mr. Mo Hidari Alava Shalom That this week is his Yotzeit uh, Mr. Mo Hidari in our community is considered a very very important uh, figure man of stature for all the chesed that he did throughout the years of service also of course uh, a man that was instrumental in the Hevra Kaddisha of our community as well as all other things of holiness. And it's always our zechut during the week of his Yotzeit to learn the daf of Gemara in his memory. Yehi Nishmato Baruch Amen. We are beginning on daf Chavdalar Amud Bet. We start ten lines from the bottom. The Gemara is actually reacting to what we learned at the end of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said that if the Kohanim that were running up the ramp in order to do the Mitzvah Terumat if there was a tie, if there was a uh, if they tied, it means they got the exact same spot simultaneously. So now all the Kohanim were thrown into a lottery in order to decide who indeed will uh, deserve or win uh, the rights to do Terumat so to that, the Gemara says, Lama mefisin. Why do we take the lottery? So the Gemara says, Lama mefisin. Why do we take a lottery? Kedamran. What do you mean? The Mishnah says we take a lottery. Which means, at the end of our Mishnah, the Mishnah also said that this was one of four lotteries that were done on a daily basis. So the Gemara says, Lama mefisin. Why do we take the lottery? What do you, why do we take the lottery? The Mishnah clearly said they take the lottery in order to, to limit the uh, violence that was taking place in the Beit HaMikdash. That's the question. Why do they take a lottery and then do it again? 
which means they should just make one lottery at one time. It seems that at four separate times during the morning, they would take the Kohanim, and they would draw lots like they did with the fingers, and they would divide out the Avodot. Why? Why not just do it in one shot? Why make four deliberate ceremonies of uh, Mephisin? So that's the Gibbana's question. Lama Mephisin v'hozlin u Mephisin. Why do it in four stages? Comes the Gibbana and says, Aman of Yohanan, we want the whole azara, I mean the whole area of the Beit HaMikdash where the people are, we want them to know what we're doing. We want to create a certain excitement in the azara that everybody should know we're taking lotteries for the services of the Beit HaMikdash. Why? Asher Yahdav Namtik Sod, Bebet Elohim Nehalech Beragesh. Which means, together uh, we would go and uh, study the sweetness of the secrets of Torah, Namtik Sod. Namtik is Metek, is the sweetness of the Sod. And in the house of Hashem, we would go together. In a group of Rovram with plenty of people. Bebet Elohim to the house of God. Nalek will go in throngs. Beragish with excitement and uh, many people. Which means there's an anyan in the Bet HaMikdash to do things in a grand way in order to bring Kavod to the Mikdash. That she says three lines on the bottom. Actually, we read four lines on the bottom. Lama Mephisin Vehozin Mephisin. Lama Neesafin Nefayes Arba Pa'amin Bayom. Well, they got to go four times a day and do this. Let them just do it in the first uh, gathering. Let them hear the tumult. Let them hear the action in the Beit HaMikdash. That's the kavod of Hashem. Regarding this pasuk, it would be worthy to quote a famous derasha that uh, I heard many times from uh, my teacher Hakam Baruch Alav Shalom that would quote from his father-in-law Hakam Yaakov Katsin. The pasuk says over Elohim Beragish. So he wanted to say that the word Beragish is actually a Rashet Tevot. Rashet Tevot Bet would stand for Barad. Resh would stand for Ruach. Gimal would be Geshem and Shin would be Shelig which means the Pasuk is telling us that under all uh, weather conditions one must go to synagogue Bebet Elohim to the house of God whether there's Barad whether there's hailstorms whether there's windstorms whether there's rainstorms whether there's snowstorms no one should ever give an excuse that the inclement weather should cause them not to go to synagogue in any event the Gemara now moves on to another question Bema Mefisin Meaning the question is, what were the Kohanim wearing during the time of the lottery? Were they wearing Bigdeh Kehunah? Or were they wearing Bigdeh Hon? Rashi, two lines on the bottom. Bema Mephisin, ma yulobshin otama neesafin lepayis. Bigdeh Hon or Bigdeh Kodesh? What were they wearing? They were wearing their you know, holy clothes, the Kehunah clothes, or they were wearing their Bigdeh Hon? So actually to this we have a Mahloket. 
Rabbi Nachman says they wore their regular clothes. The Rav Sheshat Amar bebigdei Kodesh. Rav Sheshat says no, they actually wore bigdei Keuna. Rav Nachman Amar bebigdei Chol. Rav Nachman says that they wore bigdei Chol. What's his logic? The Amar bebigdei Kodesh. Because if you're going to say they were wearing the clothes of Keuna. You have the strong Kohanim, the ones with the, the Baal Zeroah, the ones with the muscles. And what were we concerned about? They're going to muscle their way in, and they're going to serve and do the Avodah, they're going to steal the Avodah from the next guy, which means they're already dressed. So therefore, if they're already dressed, all they got to do is run and go do the Avodah. So we're worried, we don't want anybody to be, you know, we're prepared to take an avodah before the lottery. So therefore we're concerned about the ba'alizid Allah, the strong Kohanim, that if they're going to have them standing there dressed already, that might give them a, an opportunity to take the service even before the lottery. But if they're wearing big dehol, that option is not available because they have to do the service with the big deh kodesh. Now, The Gemara continues and says, "Rav Sheshat Amad bebigdei Kodesh." Rav Sheshat says, "No, they were in bigdei Kodesh." What's the logic? The Yamad bebigdei Chol, because if you're going to say that he's wearing these regular clothes, Agav Habibute Mikru ve'avdeh, they're so excited and the service is so endearing to them, they might just forget and run up and do the avodah with their bigdei Chol. So therefore, I mean, the one that wins the lottery, he's going to be so excited that he has the zechut to serve, he might just run up now and do the avodah. And if he was wearing big dehol, it's pasul. So therefore, he says that when he's got to wear big dekodes, so they don't forget to change. So then we have the two opinions of me. Either the concern is not to wear big dekodes, because you don't want kwanim that are, uh, have the strength that are going to go muscle their way in and steal the avodah from somebody else. And the logic of Rav Sheshat says, no, we want them to wear big dekodesh. Because we don't want them to forget in the excitement to go serve, they're going to forget to put on their big dekodesh. So let them wear the big dekodesh during the actual lottery itself. How do I know that they were actually wearing big dekodesh during the Pious during the lottery. Because we have a Mishnah in Masechet Tamid. Mesarun lahazanim. Meaning, after the pious was over, after the lottery was over, the Kohanim were given over to the Shamashim, to the attendants of the Beit HaMikdash. The Hazanim is not the cantors like we usually use it. Hazanim is the attendants, the Shamashim. Vayum afshitin otam et bigdehem. And they would disrobe the Kohanim. And the only uh, garment that they would leave on them was the Mechnasayim. They would disrobe them, just keeping them in their Mechnasayim. So the Gemara says, My love must be who we talking about, Be'otam the pious. Which means the Kohanim that won the pious, that won the lottery, which means they would take off the Bigdeh Hall and they would put on the Bigdeh Kodesh. And therefore, what do you see? That's why you had to take off their clothes. Because they were wearing Bigdeh Hall. So you had to disrobe them and put on new garments. So Rabdahman says, what do you want? I have a Bifirush Mishnah that proves to me what? That they must have been wearing Bigdeh Hall. Otherwise, what is he changing? They're dressed already according to Rav Sheshat. And it must be they had big dehol on. So after the ones that won the lottery, then they got to change. So you give them out to the attendants, they take off their uh, their garments, and they put on the big dehol. Amar Avuna, Bar Yudah, Amar Sheshat, Lo. 
Rabbi Shai can argue and say, no, that's not the Pshad in the Mishnah. Be'otan shelozachu lapayis. You know, you know who's changing their clothes? The ones that didn't win the lottery. The Mishnah to me doesn't tell us who changed the clothes. It just says after the lottery was over, they're given over to the attendants. Who's given over? So therefore, Rav Shishai can argue, the ones that didn't win, you give them over. Why? Because they got to take off the big day clothes now. Because they're not serving. They take off the big day clothes and put it big day home. So each rabbi will learn that Mishnah according to the Shita. Rav Nachman that learns they're wearing big day hall is talking about the Kohanim that what? The Kohanim that won the lottery, right? So they were in Big Day Hall. Okay, they got to go now, change, let the attendants put on their Big Day Kodesh. Whereas Rav Sheshat, he says, no, it's talking about the Kohanim that lost the lottery. They were in Big Day Kodesh already. Let them go now, the attendants will put on their Big Day Hall. So the Mishnah is actually uh, no proof uh, in this Mahlok, and each rabbi can learn it. Now the Gemara says, mistabra. Now Rav Sheshat comes along and says, the Gemara says that it makes more sense like Rav Sheshat, that it's talking about the ones that did not win the lottery. That what? That they wearing Big Day Kodesh already, and the attendant is taking the Big Day Kodesh and putting on Big Day Hall. It makes sense to learn the Mishnah that way. Why? Because if it's talking about the ones that won the lottery, and you're telling me what? That they took off their Big Day Hall. Right? To put on Big Day Kodesh, like Rav Nachman wanted to say, doesn't make sense. Because it says in the Mishnah, Lo ayu manichim alehem era miknasayim bilvad. Right? It says in the Mishnah that what? That the only thing that they would leave on them is the miknasayim. Which is, they would leave their pants on last. Which is mashmawat. When they would change the Kohanim, they would leave their pants of hole on last. And the last thing that they would change to Big Day Kodesh was the pants. Because right, the Mishnah said that they would do the pants last. So the Gemara says, how could that be? We learned that when they're dressing the Kohanim, the first item that they have to put on the Kohanim is what? The Mechnasayim. That the Mechnasayim have to be on his flesh. Now we learn from this Pasuk, Al Besaro, when he's in the flesh. Which means when he's, uh, when he's not wearing anything. Which means the Mechnasayim are worn Al Besaro, when all he is is Basal. So therefore, it doesn't make any sense to learn like Rav Nachman. Because Rav Nachman's learning what? That they were wearing Big Dick Hall. And the ones that won the lottery now, he put on the Big Dick Kodesh. So then why does it say in the Mishnah that they would leave his pants on to the list? That's not allowed. If you're putting on Big Dick Kodesh, the pants of Kodesh have to be put on first. Like Rav Sheshat. And Rav Sheshat wants to say what? That it's talking about those that did not win the pious. And therefore they're taking off the uh, garments of the Kodesh. He's wearing big the Kodesh already. Okay, so you take off the pants last. There's no Inyan, uh, you know, when you're disrobing the Kohanim, taking it off doesn't matter. So leave his pants on for last. So that's the proof that Rav Sheshat wants to say from the Mishnah. V'idach, oh, how is Abdachman going to answer that? Says, you know, that, that's not a question. This is what it means to say. Which means, first they would put on the Mechnasayim. Because uh, we have the, uh, the rule over here. Which means they would put the Mechnasayim of Kodesh 
on them first. Why? Because we didn't want them to stand over there without clothes on. And then they would take off the other garments of the hall. Which means, and only then did they put the rest of the garments on. So according to Rav Nachman, he'll learn that it's not... Rav Nachman learned that they were wearing Bigdeh Hall. And these are the people that won the lottery. So therefore they're putting Bigdeh Hall now, they're putting Bigdeh Kodesh. So all he's saying is the first thing they would put on the Kohanim was Miknasayim, so they wouldn't be standing without anything on. And then they would take off everything, meaning all the other Bigdeh Hall, and they would redress them in Bigdeh Kodesh. So according to him again, it's, uh, the Lashon would be, Hayum Mavshitin Otam Bigdeh Hall. They would take off all the Bigdeh Hall. Velo Hayum Ela Miknasayim Bilbad. They would only leave on him the Miknasayim of Kodesh, which is the only thing he was wearing is Miknasayim of Kodesh. Everything else was taken off. The first thing they put on him was what? Was the Miknasayim of Kodesh. And they would disrobe him of everything else. So therefore, he could learn that as well. Uh, according to his opinion, comes the so basically that's the end of that sugya. Comes that we have a machloket Rav Nachman Rav Sheshat. Which item was worn? Uh, what were they wearing in the uh, time of the Hafasa? Now comes the Gemara and says, "Amar Rav Sheshat." Rav Sheshat says, "Mina What's my source? How do I know that they were wearing Bigdei Kodesh? Tetanya, because we have a brayta. Lishkat Gazit. Now, there was a certain chamber in the Beit HaMikdash called the Shkat Gazit. That's actually where the Sanhedrin uh, used to convene. And well, we have a picture in our books, which I'll show it to you in a second. Now, it says the Shkat Gazit, Kimin Basilki Gedola. Uh, so you say the word Basilika there? Basilika. Uh, uses that. Okay. That's the Aramaic word as well. Basilki, which means it was a tall building, tall roofed building. Now, Pais b'mizraha. The Kohanim used to make the lottery in that room. It was done in the Shkata Gazit. And it says it was done in the eastern section of that room. V'zaken yoshev b'ma'arava. And an old man from, let's say, the Sanhedrin, he was in charge of the Pais, he would sit in the west. V'akohanim mukafim v'omdim kemin b'cholyar. And the Kohanim would stand like a Bechodyar, which is a type of jewelry that's round. Sure. So they would stand in a circle, like the shape of a Bechodyar. And the fellow that's in charge of the Senate, in the, uh, charge of the uh, lottery, the administrator, he would take the hat off of one of them. And everybody would know that the pious starts from that uh, that fellow that has the hat off. So the Gebarat says, If you're going to tell me that the lottery was done with Big Dechol, The Misnefet is one of the clothes of the Kohanim. From the fact that it says that the way they would start the lottery is take off the misnefet off his head, that means they must have been wearing Bigdeh Keuna. Does a Kohen in his mundane garments have a misnefet? Of course not. So therefore the Gemara is proving that what must be they were wearing, Bigdeh Kodesh. Gemara says, In. Gemara comes along and Rav Nachman says, Yes, I can tell you that the Kohen in his mundane garments has a misnefet. How? Kemara says, Kedetani Rav Yehuda Betiba Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda That we learn later on in the Brayta Kohen she'asta lo imo kut 
ketonet. Let's say a kohen that his mother knitted for him a ketonet, a cloak. Oved ba avodat yahid. Which means the Kohen is able to use it to serve in the Beit HaMikdash. Now let's analyze this. The Gemara's Hattush over here is that don't think that the Kohen has to get the garments from the Sibur. No, they can be actually given as a gift by his mother, who knitted uh, the Ketonet fan, and she knitted it, there's no Kedush on it. It's just a big dehol, meaning she knitted on the Ketonet for personal use. Once he gives it over to the Sibur, because the big Kona have to be from the Sibur, in order to atone for the uh, Kurbanot of the Sibur. So therefore, he gives it over to the Sibur, like we know in the second Shekalim as well, that wholeheartedly he gives over the garments. Now these garments can serve as Big Deh, Kehuna. So what do we see from over here? So we see from over here that, yes, the mothers of the Kohanim used to also make Big Deh Hall for their sons, similar to the Big Deh, Kehuna. So just like the mother makes a Ketonet, and we're saying that that ketonet can be eventually used for big day kuna. It's quite possible that a mother would knit for her son a mistefet. But it's whole. And the coin didn't get around yet of giving it over to the sibur yet for use. So therefore, yeah, it's big day whole. Right, what is he wearing a mistefet? His mother knitted it for him. And therefore, he has the mistefet. It's not yet considered big day kuna because he didn't get over to the sibur yet, but it's considered uh, a mistefet nonetheless. So therefore, Rav Nachman can answer that the proof that he's wearing a mistefet it is no ra'aya that it's indeed big day kehuna. Let's catch up now in the Rashi's. We're going to start in Rashi, starting from the Shkata Gazit. Okay? Now that's an interesting fact that we have to keep in mind that the highest itself was done in the Shkata Gazit. Shesham ayu mefisim, Rashi says. That's where the lottery was. Basilki, bayit gavawa she'al aliyah. There's a tall house uh, which is on, let's say, the second floor. Pious b'mizraha. The pious was done in the east. Kibutsa tekefa mifaisim b'mizrahai. That the group of the Kohanim that were involved in the lottery were in the eastern side. V'zaken shel betin hamore lahen seder apayasin yoshivim araba. He had an elderly zaken, a tamid hakam, let's say, that was in charge of administrating the lottery. He would be in the west. Bechul yar agul shekorin nushka. Like we know the Masechet Shabbat, that there was a certain type of uh, jewelry, a brooch, that was a round uh, takshid, so they would stand in that formation. Shemimenu matkil. Minyan cheshbon apayis, kemo shepirashti berosh aperek. As she told us, they would take the hat off the, uh, one of the members over there, and they would start counting from him and go right. Kedektari rav Shemuel bar Yehuda, lekama peregima, shayu immoteem shel kohanim, Osot libnehem meshelahem kimin bigde kehuna. The mothers would make for their children like bigde kehuna. Why? Lar otif erit oshlan to show off the glory of their wealth. Venoi milachtan. The mothers wanted to show off that they're very capable of making these garments, their craftsmanship. They can't use these garments for service. They can. If they give it over to the sibur, but until they give it over to the sibur, it's big dehol. So she says, "Vekam mahen madrot." Uh, mitzvot and how much they adore the mitzvot. The mothers are trying to replicate the clothes of the kohanim. Like the halacha says, a mother that made for his son a ketonet which means once the ch- the kohen gives it over to the simur, you can do avodat yachid. Avodat yachid would be, let's say, the service on Yom Kippur. 
for example, to take the mahta out of the Kodesh Kodashim on the Yom Kippur, that would be considered Amunat um, Yahid, that is uh, permissible. But again, uh, the Gemara's uh, telling us over here that uh, it is kashir for avodat yachid, but still he has to give it over to the sibur under all uh, circumstances. In any event, the Gemara continues. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar Abaye. Abaye says, Shma'mina, we learn from over here, Lishkat Gazit. New point. Where was this Lishkat Gazit? Where was it situated in the Beit HaMikdash? So the Gemara wants to tell us, we can prove logically here, that it must have been half in, half out. Half in the Kodesh section, and half in the whole section. How do you know that? We'll see, we'll see. Ushmar Mina, a second thing we could learn, Shnei Petachim Ayula. There must have been two doors to access to the Shkata Gazit. Echad patuah bakodesh, vechad patuah bachol. One that was open to the hole, you can access it from the hole section, and you can access it from the kodesh section. Now the Gemara is going to prove these two concepts. Gemara says, the east al kadatakula bakodesh. Because if you can say the Shkata Gazit was all in the, let's say, Azara area, which is Kodesh, Zaken Yosheb Ma'araba. The Brayta said that the administrator of the lottery was sitting on the western side. Would he be allowed to sit? We learned many times that the only ones that were able to sit in the Azara area were only descendants from the family of David Melech. Like the Pasuk says uh, in Devarim, it says, Ha'omdim Sham Hashem. Uh, those that are standing, uh, normally the Kohanim and everybody would have to stand in that area. However, by David Melech it says, David He sat. So you see that everybody else stands, but David Melech and his family can sit. Now this second was not from the Davidic dynasty. And he's telling us what? That he sat when he administrated the lottery. So he must be have to sit a part of the... The room over there of the Lishkat Gazit must have been in Hol, must have been in an area that was not Kodesh. Now we go the other way. And if you want to tell me the whole Lishkat Gazit was in the Hol, was in the mundane area, Pai is the Mizraha. How could you have done the lottery in the eastern side? Didn't we learn above that the whole reason why there is four separate lotteries is to create excitement in the Hazara? In the house of God, we want to do things with a multitude of people. So you have to say that what? It was Kodesh. So therefore, So in the whole section, which is in the western side, was outside of the Hazara. That's where the Zakin was sitting. And on the eastern side, that was considered the Kodesh of the Hazara. And that's where the actually did the pious to fulfill the Pasuk of Bet Elohim. Let's read Rashi. And Yeshiva Ba'azara. But you're really not allowed to sit in the Azrach Neemal La'amod Lesharet Ha'omdim Sham Lefnei Hashem Ela Lemalche Bet David Except for the kings of David Shematzinu Bahem Yeshiva Sheneemal It says in the book of Shemuel Vayavu Amelech David Vayeshev Lefnei Hashem Vayom Mi Anukim Mi Beti 
So if we have a, a room which is half in, half out. Now we have to prove the second concept. How do you know there were two doors? One that was accessed from the hall and one that was accessed from the Kodesh. So the Gemara says, Petach Echad Yeshla. If you're going to tell me that it only had one door, Upatuach La Kodesh, and that door exited or opened into the Kodesh, Zaken Yoshev Maraba. Would the Zaken be able to sit again in the western side? That because we have a principle. The principle is as follows Haleshachot, chambers, Habinuyot Bahol. Even if they're totally in the hall, uftuchot la kodesh, but the door opens into the kodesh, tochan kodesh. The inside has a status of kodesh, as if if there was only one door opening to the kodesh, the zakeh would not be able to sit. Because again, as the kiddushah of the azara, that's only mutaf and malchut malcheh the David. Now we go the other side. Visal kadatak patuach la hall, and if you're going to tell me what there was only one door. That entered and exited to the hall. So the Gemara is pious from Mizraha. Hacked into the pious on the eastern side. We have a rule, even if the item, the, the chamber is in the Kodesh proper, but the door of it to access it is open to the hall, the inside of it is considered hall. So how did they make the lottery there? Didn't we say, didn't we say that the lottery has to be done in the Kodesh? Now they have to say there were two, two doors. That was on the eastern side. Which is on the western side. So the western side is home, and the eastern side is Kodesh. And therefore, we have a issue where the Zaken can sit, and we have the pious in Bet Elohim. All we're saying is that the Lishkat Hagazit had two entrances. One entrance opened up to the hall, and one entrance opened into the Kodesh. Again, on the western side, that was the side that the door opened up into the hall. So therefore the whole area is considered hall. Even the section that's in the Kodesh side, since it's open to hall, the whole side becomes hall. That's why the Bimune can sit in the Ma'aravi. On the eastern side, which was opened up into the Kodesh, the whole side is Kodesh, even the part that is not in the Hazara. And therefore, it's considered Bet Elohim. That's why they were able to do the pious over there. Okay, comes the next Mishnah. Hapayis Hashini. Now we discuss the second pious of the day. What was the first pious? The first pious was for the much addition. Now we discuss the second lottery of the day. Mi Shochet. So the, the discussion was first, who is going to Shochet? Who is going to slaughter the Korban Tamid? Now, the Chalai, you can ask yourself a question. Why do they have to make a lottery for the Shechita? We know the rule is Shechita Keshera Bezar. We know that even a non-quake can do the Shaita. Why are they lottering, or making a lottery for that? The explanation of Mephashim say is because since it was the first Avodah in the Korban itself, it was Habiva, it was endearing, and therefore they gave it to the Kohanim in order to, uh, the Korban Tamid, of course, in order to slaughter it. Uh, some add that even though Shaitas Keshena Bezar, there is a mitzvah to do it by a Kohen. So according to that, then there would be, that's the Me'idi says. So that would be understanding why they would give the lottery to the Shaita, to the Kohen. So again, Mi Shohet. 
Mi'izorek. Who would spill the blood or sprinkle the blood on the Mizbeah? Mi Midashin Mizbeah Penimi. Who would take the ashes off the inner Mizbeah? Till now we were learning about the Mizbeah HaChitzon. Now they would lottery the Mizbeah HaPenimi. Umi Midashin Eta Menorah. Who would take out the wick and the oil and the ashes from the Menorah that extinguished from the night before? Who would be Zocheh to bring the bones of the Korban up to Kevish? We know that the part of the process was they would bring it up up to the halfway point, actually a little below the halfway point of the Kevish, and they would actually place them down, and then they would go back and bring it up to Mizbeah. It was done in two stages. So they would make a lottery. Who would get the first stage to bring the bones of the Korban up halfway up the ramp? Now, Harosh Ve'aregel. And they would also make a lottery. Who would be Zocher to bring up the head of the animal and the regel? That is the right leg of the animal. So now we're going to divide the animal into pieces. And each Kohen would have a zechut to bring up different parts. So you have the rosh and the regel. That would be the head and the right leg. Ushte hayadayim. That would be the two front legs of an animal are called the yadayim. That would be done by a second Kohen. Furthermore, the okets. Okets would be the tail of the animal, regel, that would be the left leg, left hind leg, and then there will also be the, chazeh would be the chest of the animal, that would be the neck of the animal, which really means the two sides of the animal, which include the tzilaot, uh, so the altar is actually like the uh, ribs. Mm-hmm. So therefore, each one of these were done by a different Kohen. Mm-hmm. So let's just review uh, like what we lottery? did till now. Yeah, each In the part. second lottery was all these. Right. In the second lottery, all these were given out, picked. were picked. So let's discuss what we discussed today. You have the Shuhit, that's one. You have the Zorek. You have the Midashen, Mizbeach, Apinimi. And you have the Midashen, the Menorah. Okay, so that's four on the side. Now regarding bringing the bones up of the Korban. Okay, now, in that, you know, in that, you would have the Rosh Viregil. That was done by one Kohen. The Shteyadayim was done by a second Kohen. The Orkets was done by a third Kohen. The Regel uh, and the Regel Asimalit. The a fourth Kohen would do the Hechazeh, the Gera, and the Shteh Defanot. Correct. That was, the Gera was done by the fourth Kohen. The fifth Kohen would take the Shteh Defanot, which is the sides of the animals. Um, now, Ve'akirabayim, that would be the insides of the animal. That would be done by a sixth Kohen. A seventh Kohen would be Ve'asolet, which means every day with the Korban Tamid, you had to bring a meal offering, which is a solet, Asiri So they would bring that as well. Now, an eighth Kohen would be used for Habitim. It's very interesting. A Kohen Gadol every day had to bring a Menchat Habitin special of a Kohen Gadol that was born half in the morning and half in the afternoon. The Hidush over here of this Mishnah is he didn't have to bring it himself. 
it would be able to be brought by a regular Kohen. He just had to pay for it. He just had, yes, the Kohen Gadol's Menachat Habitin, he paid for it. However, it did not have to be actually brought by the Kohen Gadol. That's why they would give it a lottery, even a Kohen Yot would get the Zechut to bring the Menachat Habitin of the Kohen Gadol. The ninth Kohen would be Yayin. That would be the Revi'ita Yayin that was put on the Mizbeach for the Qurban Tamid. Altogether, how many uh, positions do we have? Shelosha, Asar, Kohanim, Zakhubo. Which means you have the nine that we just mentioned, Legaber, the Qurban Ola, plus the original four that we mentioned in the Mishnah, starting from Shehita. Nine and four together would be thirteen. Amar ben Azai, Refnera bi Akiva, Mishumna bi Yoshua, Derech Hilucho, Ayakarev. He says, no, the order of the lottery was not like Amishnah says it, but it was actually in the way that the animal walks during its life, which means uh, the, the body parts, in order of its position in the animal itself, that's the way it was brought up the Kivish. The Gemara will explain exactly how Ben Azai argues on the order of our Mishnah. All these items were brought halfway? Correct. And, and then, then? Even the wine? Even the Mishnah? No, no. The wine is brought on the Mishnah. Only, the, no. only the, the body parts are brought up the Kivish. And another Kohen. Correct. No, no, no. No, no, no. The same Kohen would bring it up half the lottery. And then they would bring it on the Mishnah. Same so new Kohen would take it from the halfway point. Why? Why? Same Same Kohen. Same Kohen. Correct, correct. You had to put it down. There was another service done in between, and then we continue bringing it up. Correct, correct. So altogether, you have thirteen lotteries here. You have nine for the Quran Tamid, between bringing up the bones and different parts of the animal, the yayin and the solet and the mechat habitin, etc. Plus the first four. Let's read Rashi in the Mishnah. Mishochet et tamid harosh varegel shel yamin bekohen echad. That's the uh, front legs. And the left leg. That's the fat. When the animal is walking, so the fat of the animal is facing the karka. And they cut around it. Without the ribs. That's the neck. Ubom mechomara kane. You have the uh, the trachea attached to it, obviously. Vakavid valiv. The liver and the heart also. Vehazev ageran. All the chest and the gera, which was the neck. Bekrein levi. All those items were done by the fourth coin. Ushnei defanot b'hamishi. Vakirabayim b'shishi. It's the innards was with the sixth. Vasolit asaron lemenchat neskoshet tamid. The asrit ayfa solit for the menchat for the korban tamid was with the sixth coin. Right, it was Asirit, half of the Asirah was brought in the morning and half of the Asirah was brought in the afternoon. Fine. There was the Yain for the report on the Mizbaya for the Qurban Tamid. Yud Gimel Kwarim Zokhimbo. With this There's 13 different avodot that were listed in this Mishnah. Ben Azai says, Okay, so now we start the Gemara. The Gemara has a question. When they would make the lottery, 
דילמה לכל עבודה ועבודה הן בפייסין. So the Gemara has a question. How did the lottery actually happen? Was it one lottery? And therefore once they made one lottery, it landed on, let's say, this Kohen. Then he would get the first service, then they would just go to the right and count the next 12, and therefore all the 12 were, all the 13 were actually picked in one lottery. Again, they would do the fingers, so they would count, uh, and whichever one it would land on, he would be the one that it would start with, and the next 12 that were to his right, you would be the Shochet, uh, the first one, and then you would be the Zorek, and the next one would be the Ma'ale Barim, etc., to the Bidashin. Or do you say, no, 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 no? Each lottery was done separately, which means they went around, they picked a number, they picked a shohet. Okay, they take the shohet out. Now they start again. Another number and they go around. Was it 13 individual lotteries? Or it was just one lottery and they went in order? No. There were four lotteries. But the question is, was it four sessions? In that session of lotteries, is it just one time that they picked or did they pick to each one? Well, the Gemara says, uh, what you said, Charles, Tashema, it says in the Mishnah there were four lotteries that were done. If you say that they did a lottery for each service, it's more than four lotteries. From the fact that it's just four piyasot, the Gemara is learning it's four piyasot. It's just the four times they went around. The Gemara says no, no proof. Like you answered. Yeah, four times they entered to make lotteries. And in each one, there was many uh, lotteries in them. So comes the Gemara now and wants to bring a proof from a Blaita. Rabbi Yudah Omer, Rabbi Yudah says, Now, in the third lottery, that's when they chose who was going to do the Avodah the Ketoret. Who was going to do the uh, the incense, bring the spices on the Mizbayah. So it says, Rabbi Udaomer, Lo haya payas la Now, one of the services was the Mahta. What was the Mahta? Delivery of the shovel. They would go to the Mizbayah HaHaitzon, the outer Mizbayah. They would take the shovel, take some coals from the Mizbayah HaHaitzon, put the coals on the Mizbayah HaPinimi. And it was on the Mizbeach HaPinimi that they burnt the Ketoret. So the Biudah says, while they did choose the one that puts the Ketoret on, but the one that does the Mahta, the shovel from the Pinsonit to the Pinimi, there was no lottery for that. Why? Ela, Kohen Shezachah BaKetoret, Omer Lazesh Imo Zecheimi Bamahta. Which means the one that got the Ketoret, that won the lottery for the Ketoret, he would turn to the man to his right and say, Listen, I want the Ketoret, I'm giving you the Kavod, you can do the Mahta. So that was given, uh, you know, as a, uh, as a gift. Now, so you see, uh, uh, from this uh, over here, look at Rashi. Exactly, look at Rashi. Lo aya payis la machta. Kishayu mefisim lektore, top line. Kedetan matnitin. Hadashim lektore bo vafisu. And we learned that another thing about the Ketoret, they would only take new members that never brought the Ketoret before. Because since we learned that the Ketoret used to make the people rich, the ones that brought it, so we wanted to give a chance for every Kohen to do at least one time the Ketoret. So they would announce, 
חדשים. נו כהנים דאדם בסרב דפור, בואו והפיצו. והקטורת צריכה שני כהנים. וקטורת מלאים יצטו כהנים. אחד שמוליך הקטורת להיכל, ומתירו, מועד הצעד שלנו מדברים את הקטורת להיכל, ופרוט על המזבח הפנימי, ואחד שחוטא גחלים מעל המזבח החיצון, ומכניס להיכל ונותן למזבח הפנימי להתיר את הקטורת עליהם. He would tell the guy next to him, go take the machta. Alma, lav lechol avodah v'avodah mefisim. You see over here that they didn't take a lottery for every single service. Now you wanted to tell me for every single service they took a special. You see, no. The machta is a service, and what do we say? The ketoret one, he's chosen, and he picks on his own the guy next to him. So that's mashma. That what? That not every avodah needed to be chosen by the lottery. It's much he could pick one and then he would give it to the guy next to him. So comes the Gemara and says, and therefore it's mashma as well that the Gemara shaita. They would pick the one that was shohet and he would go to the one that was next to him and uh, so on and so forth. It would go down the go down the line. So the Gemara says, no, just because you see they did it by the mahta, who says they did it by everywhere else? Shani mahta uktoret tehada avodahi. The Mahtan de Ketoret is really one service. And therefore, the one that won the Ketoret, he can give it to the guy next to him because it's all considered one item. But that doesn't mean that all the other services, which are considered separate items, were given automatically to the guy standing next to the first one that won. So if we have no proof from the fact that they did not make a lottery for the Mahta, that they did not make a lottery for the other services in the Beit HaMikdash. Comes the Gemara and has a different Gersa, Ika de Amri, a different version of this. Davka Mahta Uktoret, the Hada Avodai, Abal Shar Avodot Baepais. The Gemara went the opposite way. The Gemara said, I'll prove to you that all the other services needed a pious. How? Because only the Mahta, the Ketoret, didn't need separate ones because they were considered one Avodah. But implied that every other service that was considered separate, they needed. So the Gemara says, no. I can tell you that every single service, you didn't have to make a pious for. Also, why do you have to speak out specifically the Mahta and the Ketoret? If every service was just automatic, which you did one, and the, the Kwanim that was standing next to them was okay, why did you mention that the, the Mahta? So it was Mahta, it's Tarikhale. Salka Datakamina. I would have thought, Lo shkiha, number one, the ketoret is not such a common practice because it's only done uh, uh, twice a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, meaning it's not like another service that, let's say, can be brought, nidaba, or other people, let's say, can do it. It's, it's brought just once a day. Uma'atira, and number two, it makes the people who involve themselves with it rich, and therefore the Kohanim love to get the Zechut to bring the Ketoret, Natkin la pious b'fnei atzma. So I might have thought that what? 
since it's such an endearing service, you'd make two lotteries. One for the Haktara, and one for the Mahta. Kamash Ma'lan, says, no, even the Ketoret, which is special and unique, still, it gets one lottery. And therefore, the other ones as well. So again, according to this version, the Gemara is saying that, don't think that the Ketoret is different. The Ketoret is like everything else. They all get one lottery. They don't have to make separate lotteries for each one. Also, if, 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 if everything's equal, why does the Gemara have to specifically tell me that the Ketoret gets one lottery? Everything gets one lottery. Which means, one lottery I mean, you just choose one, and then it just goes in, in order. Everybody else follows suit. Because you would have thought that maybe the Ketorit is special and it gets two separate lotteries. Why? Because it's very endearing to the Kohanim, it makes you rich and all that. So you might have thought, no, there you got to do two separate lotteries to give one zechut to the Ketorit, one zechut for the Mahta Kamash Ma'alan, even the Ketorit. No. Look at Rashi. Ho'il velo shechicha, ha-Ketorit ila pa'amayim la-yom, shena Ketorit ba'ane daba. First of all, it's not so frequent. It comes very rarely. Twice a day, because it cannot be brought as a nedaba. Uma'atera. Uma'asherit tata'oskimba. Kedaminan lekaman. It makes the people rich. <coughs> now, we bring... So therefore, according to this, Ika Amri comes out that they really did one. They only did one. Tashema, we bring another proof. Detani Rabbi Haya. Here's the bottom line proof. We have a brighter for Rabbi Haya. Lo lechol avoda ba'avoda mefaisim. Ela kohen shizakha batamid shenem asar echa bakwanim nimshachin immo. Clearly, they only made a lottery for the shohet, and then the 12 kohanim that were to his right, they would all get the subsequent avodah. So now we have a clear b'raita that tells us a clear understanding how the lottery was done. It was not done 13 separate times, it was actually done once. And then everybody else followed suit. That is the bottom line proof that it was really one lottery and then the 12 Kohanim standing to the right would be Zohar. In the second pious. Comes the Gebran says, Pious Sheni. In the second pious. So they started off Mi Shohet. And who's the one that's Shohet? And now he said, Mi Zorek. Right, who was in, who was doing the zirika? He buys the who? Me mekabel. What about mekabel? One of the services kabbalat adam, which is you have to catch the blood from the beta uh, shaita in the klisharet. How come that wasn't uh, you know raffled off? That should have been one of the services. So the Gemara says shohet mekabel. The one that does the shahita, he also gets the Kabbalah. The E Amart Zorek Mekabel. Well, how do you know? Maybe the Zorek is Mekabel. Which means you can either give it to the first one, the Shohet, or you give it to the Zorek, you, get him, you give him the two services. Let him do Mekabel and Zerika. The Gibraltar says, no, you can't give it to the Zorek. Why? Agav Habibute Lo Mekabel Le Dam. The Zorek is going to be so excited to do the Zerika, he might not catch all the blood. He wants to run to the Mizbeah to pour the blood on the Mizbeah. So therefore, there's a logic to say, don't give the Zorek to Kabbalah. Because he might just catch the minimum amount of blood, run to the Mizbeah, the rest of the blood is going to fall on the floor. So therefore, we don't want to give it to him. I can say the opposite way. Zorek Mekabel. I can say, no, maybe Dafka, give it to the Zorek. The Iamar Shohet Mekabel Zimnin Deshahid Zah. 
since we know that Shaitas Kishara Bezar, but Kabbalah is not. Kabbalah is the first service. It must be done by a Kohen. So therefore, we don't want to take a chance to let the Shahid be the Mikabeh, lest he be a Zar, therefore the Kabbalah is going to be puzzled. So that's basically the question of the Gemara. Who did the Kabbalah go to? Did it go to the Shahid, or did it go to the Zorek? Tashema, come and listen. Ben Katin. There was a fellow called Ben Katin. Asar Shenem Asar Dad Lakiyor. He made 12 spouts in the sink of the Bet HaMikdash. Originally the sink only had two spouts. He came along and added 12 nozzles or spigots to the sink of the Bet HaMikdash. Why? So you can have all the 12 Kohanim that say are doing the Korban Tamid, are doing the service, they can all wash their hands at the same time. Because before they do an Avodah, the Kohanim have to do Kiddush Adayim V'Raglayim. They have to wash their hands and feet. So therefore, instead of making it, you know, uh, you have a line in the Beit HaMikdash, 12 Kohanim would line around, 12 Kohanim would line around the Better the kiyor, and they would wash their feet, wash their hands and feet. Now, comes the Gemara and says, "The isal kadatach shochet mekabel." If you're telling me what that the shochet is the mekabel to the asar have it's really thirteen. And Allah shmarmina zorek mekabel. I'll prove to you what the Gemara said. Generally speaking, the shohet, even if it's a kohen, does not need kiddush adayim v'raglayim. Because the shohet is not an avodah. Shaita is a preliminary. That's why it's kishinah bizarre. So therefore, how many kohen do you really have over here doing avodah? Technically, you have 12. Now, if you're going to tell me that the shohet is the mekabel, Technically now, he needs to do Kiddush Adai V'raglayim. Not for the Shehita, he needs it for the Kabbalah. And therefore, what is he saying for the 12? Lechara, you need now 13. Elah must be the Zorek who was washing his hands anyway, is also the Mekabel. So therefore, you have all 12 washing hands at the same time. The Shohet does not have to, because it's not considered a Havodah, which is not a problem. So therefore, Ben Katin's uh, system of making the 12 spigot in Kiyor, actually worked for all the 12 Kohanim that proves to us that the Zorek indeed is the Mekabel Shmak Minah proof positive Amale Rabacha Bered Rabad Rabashe Af Anah Namet Tanina we actually learned this explicitly in a bright Shahat Shohet Mekabel Mekabel and then the guy that does the Kabbalah received the blood Uba Lo Lizrok and that same guy went and spilled the blood or threw the blood on the Mizbeach so the Mekabel is the Zorek Ben Azai said in the name of Rabbi Akiva that the way they would bring it up the ramp was Derech Hilucho that according to the order of the body parts in the sequence of the animal so the Gibbara says Tanu Rabbanan now we're going to give the Shittot over here ok Tanu Rabbanan we have a bright Kesa Derech Hilucho what is considered Derech Hilucho and Ben Azai said, Derech Hilucho, the way it walks. So the Gibbara says, Harosh ve'aregel. First, the head goes up, and the regel, which is the right leg. Now, according to all she taught, always the Rosh and the regel haimanit go first. That's Gibbara's going to prove from Pesukim. That's the most important. Uh, yes, the back, right leg, and the head goes first. Yes, the front legs of an animal are called Yadayim. 
The back legs are called raglayim. Okay? So the regel, haimanit, and the rose always go first. What's next? Then you'd have the chest and the neck. Ushte yadayim, the front legs. Ushte defanot, the sides of the animal. Oketz v'aregil, the tail and the left leg. Second opinion. Rabbi Yosei Omer, Rabbi Yosei says, Derech hefsheto. You would take the body parts up the ramp according to the order that they would skin the animal. Okay, first they would skin the animal, then they would cut it up into uh, into pieces. Now it should be pointed out that a zar is kasher to make the hafshata. However, the custom was to give it to the uh, kohanim as well. In any event, the Gemara says derech hefsheto hayakarif. What was the order? Again, the head and the right leg. Because the hafshet would start from the back of the animal. So that would be the tail. That would be the left leg. The sides. That would be the front legs. The chest. The neck, which is the top of the animal. That would be the last to go up the... Uh, Alter. Now, what they would do was they would hang the animal upside down. Right. So they're hanging it from the tail. And now they're skinning it down. So therefore, starting from the tail downwards. So the, the last part goes up is the neck. Okay, third shita. He says, no, the way it was cut up. After they have shit, now they would cut the body parts into pieces. So what was the. Uh, that was the way it was brought up to Mizbayah. This is like this. Again, the head and the right leg is first. Fourth opinion. According to the choice meat or parts of the animal. Which is what? So basically, the four opinions are either Those are the four she taught how they brought it up the Mizbayah. So comes again and says... According to what you just taught us, that what it goes according to the choice pieces. So the Gemara says, we have a pasuk in Yaskel. The pasuk says, "Kol netach tov," all the good uh, choice uh, meat or parts of the animal, yarech vechatef, the thigh and the shoulder, implying that what. That the thigh is better than the shoulder. Mm-hmm. But if you look at his order, he put the... Uh, right, he put the... What do you call them? Flanks. The flanks, the sides of yeah, the, yeah. the animals. He put them before the regel. Which means, in Rebiyo says... Right, Rebiyo says uh, order. He put rosh regel, fine. Then he put chazeh gerash tedefanot. Okets, and then regel asimalit is towards the end. Now, according to this pasuk, really the regel is more chashuv than the katef. The katef would be the the, the shoulder of the animal, which is the, which is the size of the animal. The leg should have been before the shtei defanot. 
why did he put it after Beis Pasuk in Yaskel? So the Gemara says, again, Vakitiv, doesn't it say in the Pasuk, Kol Netacht of all the good parts, Yarech Vekatev. Leg before Katev. Gemara answers, Hahi Bechusha. That Pasuk in Yaskel is talking about a lean animal that does not have too much fat. On a lean animal, the leg is more precious than the flanks. However, on the Braita that we're talking about, putting it in the order, we're talking about a fat animal. On a fat animal, the flanks, which is the sides, are better than the legs. Okay, so we answer that. Amar Rava. Rava says, Ben Tana Didan. Whether it's the Tana of our Mishnah. Uben Rabbi Batar We're going after the uh, choice meat. Mor azil batar evra de bisra, or mor azil batar shamna de bisra. So the is like this. We have one of the opinions of Rabbi Yosef. He went according to the choice. Right? So the Gibraz, I want you to know, the author of our Mishnah also went after choice. That was they both the barometer how to judge what goes up to Mizbaya first. Right. Oh, so what's the look at them between them? So the question is choice what? So according to one shita meaning Tanakamava Mishnah, he's going according to the choice of the basar meaning the size of the evarim and the amount of meat that's on them. Exactly. So therefore you take the bigger bones of the quantity of meat that's on the bones, that goes first. Okay? Now, umor azil batar shamnad besra. He goes according to the fat of the meat, which means it might not quantitatively as much, but qualitatively the fat of the meat goes first. So again, Tanakama and Rabbi, no, up in Azai, Tanakama Val Mishnah, and Rabbi Yosef have the same Hidush of Derech Eluyo, it's just they're arguing on what is Eluyo. Is Eluyo. The quantity, quantity of meat, which is not a kamal, or quality of meat, which would be the shomen. Last part. My Why do you bring the regel with the rosh? Which means it seems the regel of the rosh going to everybody comes first, right leg and head. Mishum Because there's a lot of bones and limbs in the uh, rosh, and there's a uh, little uh, basar. So therefore, it would not be kavod to bring the head alone. There's not too much meat. So to compensate the lack of meat that's in the head, karbar regel bahadeh. They would bring the leg with it, which had more meat. Now, of course, they picked the regel yemanit before the semol. is because we always find in the Torah preference to the right before the left. Okay, not that the right had more meat than the left. It's just that right always comes comes before. Meshum de reshan efishi ba'atzmot karbar regel. Now the to everybody, the head went first. So the Gemara says, Minalan, how do you know that? The Tanya Minain the Rosh Peder. How do you know that the head and the Peder, that would be the fats that cover up the intestines? How do we know that they come before all the limbs? Talmud Lomar. Because it says in the Pasuk, I'm reading the whole Pasuk to you, Vinitah Oto Lintahat, you cut it up into its parts, Veet Rosho, Veet Pedro. You take the head and the Pedro, the fat of the, of the intestines, Ve'arach. Then the Pasuk says, Ve'arach, Akoen Otama La'ait, Sima Shalaish, Shalom Israel, he puts it on the Mizmeh. So since the Rosh and the Pedro are separated from everything else, so therefore, it's much they come first. Now let's read Rashi up to this point. 
Let's read the Rashi's starting from Derech Elucho. Shel Tzada Rosh Kodmin Akodem Akodem Kodem. Starting from the Rosh, going down the animal. Derech Elucho. That's that opinion. Harosh Ve'Aregel Shel Yamin. The Devar Akod Kodem. It's a Mekray Elif for the Kaman. The head and the right leg goes first, like we just turned it from the Pesukim. Right after they skinned it, they would cut up the meat. The order of the cutting of the animals written in Masechet As they would cut the meat, the pieces, they would give it to the Kohen. Who was zocher to go bring it up the mizbeach? Vechulan omdim sham ad shikabusham kulam. They would all stand until they would all receive the body parts. Vilchinu modichinu tan lekevezeh alzeh. Then they would go in single file up the ramp, and each one would deposit his body part in the spot. Ubsidro lakatap peligiani tanei mor amar hachi mor manachi. So the argument was, what was the order that they would run up the or walk up the kevish? Derech lucho, derech netucho, etc. The way they put it on. Hachi garcina, kesa derech netucho, arosh varegel, shte yadav, hachaze vagera, shte defrot, okes varegel. Derech eluyo, derech metav shelo. Going to the choice. Umifhar netachav, amufhar kodem. Good. Hachi garcina, kesa derech eluyo, arosh varegel, hachaze vagera, shte defrot, okes varegel, shte yadain. Ve'aketiv kol netachtov, yarech vikatev. It puts the leg. As more choice than the katef, alma yerech ma'alim katef. Bechusha, that person is talking about a lean animal yerech ma'aleh dalim because it's stronger. Tana didan, tana demanitin lo amir kahad minayu. That's the point. Our tana in the Mishnah did not go according to any of the opinions that we said. We gave four options: hiluho, nituho, eluyo, or. Hifsheto. The Tanav Amishnah didn't go into any of those quali- uh, qualifications. Because he did. It's following Derech Eluyo of quantity of meat. Mor Azir Batar Evra. The size of the bones themselves, the quantity. According to the fat. Everybody holds, no matter what their formula is, in order to decide what limbs go up the kevish first, everybody agrees that the rosh goes up first. Minalan. How do we know that? The Tanya, we have a brighter. Minayin le rosh u peder. How do we know that the head and the peder, which would be the fats that are on the intestines, shekodmim le evarim. How do we know that they're sacrificed first? Before all the other limbs, Tamud Lomar, Et Rosho Ve'et Pedro. Because the Pasuk says, uh, the head of the animal, Pedro, the fat of the animal, and then it says in the Pasuk, the Arach. The Arach means that the Kohen actually sets them up on the Aitzin that's on the fire, that's on the Mizbayah. And it does not mention the other Evarim. And therefore, since it says the words, Rosh, and Pader, next to the word Ve'arechu, or Ve'arach. So from here we see that they're the first to go on the Mizbayah. So comes the Gemara and asks, Ve'idach Pader, Acharina, the other Pader, Lemai Atah. 
Now the Hagot Abach just takes out the word Aharina. So later on it says in the Pasuk, actually before this, it says in the Pasuk, Ve'arechu, they would set up the uh, pieces of uh, meat, uh, the wood on them is Bayach, and then it says Etanitahim, they would place the limbs of the animal on the Mizbayah, the Netachim is the pieces of meat on the Mizbayah, Etaros ve'etapader. So the Gemara wants to know, what's the Pasuk have to tell us, Etaros ve'etapader, once you tell me Netachim, Netachim automatically includes the Pader. So what's the lesson in that Pasuk, why it has to say, Etrosho, Etanetachim, Etaros ve'etapader. Now the Gemara could have asked the same question, what is the purpose of telling me Rosho? Once you tell me it's a Netachim in this Pasuk, Netachim also includes Rosho. So we have to understand why the Gemara is only bothered. What do you mean? If it says the word Netachim, that includes all the pieces of the animal. So the Gemara is asking, oh, so why does it have to say Netapadir and the fats? So we're asking a question. Let it also ask, what does it have to say? Etrosho. So that she asked this question. Let's look at the top of the Ma'ata. Ha'afin bichlal an Netachim. The pattern is included in the Netachim. The Bishlamaha Rosh. Regarding the Rosh, Darshinan Le Bishlitat Hulin de Tzarich. We need it to tell me the Rosh because on the Mizbayah. Lefish Neymar Vefshit Ve'arechu. Because the Torah tells us first we skin the animal. And after we skin the animal, we place the pieces of the animal on the Mizbayah. Enli Bichlal Arika Ela Netachim Shem Bichlal Hefshit. So I would say that only parts of the animal that are subject to skinning, they're subject to be placed on the Mizbeach. The head of the animal was cut off through Shi'ita before Efshet was even done. So how do I know that animal parts that were not around during the Efshet, like the head, how do I know that they also go on the Mizbeach? Good. So that's what has to tell me Tarosh. Again, the reason why it has to tell me Tarosh because I would have thought, what, well, maybe the Rosh doesn't go on the Mizbeach at all. Because why the Pasuk says that what? That only items I would have thought, Mehefshit, Mehalechu. Only items that are subject to Hefshit, to skinning, are subject to putting on the Mizbeach. Mashiach and the Rosh is not subject to skinning. Because the head already is off the animal when they begin to skin it. Kamash Mahalan et Rosho. So that she concludes and says, Ela peder But the peder is part of the parts of the animal that's skinned. And the pasuk is already et tahim. So why does it have to repeat the et hapader? So comes the Gibran and says, Lechedetanya, to teach us, according to what it says in the Braita, how would they put the pieces of meat on the Mizbeach? Noten et hapader abet ha-shechita umaalehu. They would place the bet ha-shechita, that's the head, for the neck, let's say, that has the uh, incision, the place where the incision was made. So it would not be kavod, the Gemara is going to say, to place the open incision on the Mizbeach, that it would be exposed. So what they would do is they would put the padded, the fat, over the bit of shi'ita, over the incision spot on the Mizbeach, in order to cover it up. Vezehu derech kavod shel ma'ala. And this would be derech kavod for Kadosh Baruch Hu Nefi, she bit of shi'ita meluchlach medad arosh, she says. Because the bit of shi'ita is filled with blood. So therefore the hadush of the pasuk is et rosho, uh, the pasuk is telling you, uh, et arosh ve et apader, meaning that, 
with the rosh, you also place the padded over it in order to cover it up. So it will be in yan of kavod. Baruch al